0: Hey, church family, Pastor Derek here. If you don't know who I am, I want to welcome you to Connect Church Online. Uh, What an honor to speak to you this morning. Uh, Wherever you're listening from far away or nearby, I am so glad you're here. Hey, listen, we're in a series. This is kind of a church series. What I mean by that is that it's for our spiritual family, Uh, And so if you call Connect Your Home, this is definitely for you. If you're just kind of visiting, you get to listen in and just kind of see where we're at, what we're about, and kind of where we're going. We're in a series entitled Rebuild, Rebuild. And it's a study of the book of Nehemiah. And kind of our theme has been that we are not afraid or fear brokenness, we rebuild or we build from brokenness. And this particular story really relates to our story and where we're at right now, kind of coming out of a pandemic and coming out of a lot of um, change and a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness, a lot of ruins, uh, relationships in ruin and uh, businesses in ruin and dreams and hopes sometimes in ruin. And what do we do through all that? Well, Nehemiah gives us a lot of encouragement, uh, from the word. And so we've been in Nehemiah 1 in week 1. And we just talked about how uh, Nehemiah got a burden for a place and a people he'd never seen or been. And God gave that to him. And he wept and he knelt and he prayed. And, and then we talked about in week 2 the importance of the practical in rebuilding something and that there needs to be uh, a plan. And if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And week 3, Devin talked about the opposition that we all can come um, to face when we're trying to do something good for God and the trolls that kind of talk to us and try to oppose us as we go forward. And so I'm gonna continue because I wanna help you finish what we start. You know, some of you are on a rebuild kind of journey with us personally, uh, maybe maritally, maybe family, maybe your business, and certainly we are in a rebuild at Connect Church. And so I don't know about you. Have you ever started something and you struggled to finish it? I don't know about you, but for me, one of the places that this is most prevalent is uh, when it comes to reading a book. I get, and I buy actually so many books. I've discovered Audible years ago, and gosh, it's been a lifesaver because I've completed more books on Audible than I have, uh, you know, visually reading them. But some of you have those issues too, and so these next two weeks really focus on how to finish, how to finish well, how to finish strong, how to kind of see it through, or as my daddy used to say, how to get her done. How to get her done son and so today we 're going to be in Nehemiah chapter six. would you join me uh, wherever you are as we pray i 'm just going to ask God to help us Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of those uh, who are here today the eyes of our heart that we would they would be enlightened that we would have understanding and that it would bet this word would benefit those who listen Lord I need your help Lord this is kind of um, Uh, a fresh word, and and it needs to come alive, and I ask you to do that by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. Wherever you are, uh, I hope that you're interacting with us in the chat. we got people there that want to talk to you and connect with you. Please do so. Listen, now, Nehemiah, what's going on here? This is about 445 B.C., this book. And again, uh, Nehemiah is about 1,000 miles away from Jerusalem, which has been basically decimated over time under different rules of different kings. The walls have been torn down. Everything's been kind of burned to the ground. It's just horrible. Ezra goes in first and he rebuilds the temple. Now, Nehemiah called by God uh, as a cupbearer to the king with a burden uh, for this ministry, this, this assignment goes into Jerusalem with a plan. He was a man with a plan. And they, uh, he rallies the people. And they're like, come on, let's go. Let us rebuild. It's powerful. We see that in Genesis, excuse me, in Nehemiah chapter 2. But as they begin to rebuild, remember this. We learned this a little bit last week under Pastor Devin. That anytime you step out, expect opposition expect opposition. Anytime you step out, expect opposition. Or I like to say our big idea for today is this, write it down if you're taking notes, is when the work goes down, spiritual opposition always shows up. When the work goes down, spiritual opposition shows up. There's going to be haters, as we learned last week, and critics, and and trolls, you know, these trash-talking trolls, these, these, these guys that show up, these... Uh, I don't know what you want to call them. The, in, in this particular story, there were these three evil stooges, you know, uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And they were used by God to try to stop and thwart, uh, used by the enemy to try to stop and thwart the plan of God. And what's interesting, what we'll see today a little bit more as a kind of follow-up to some of what Devin was talking about last week is as you get closer to the finish line, the enemy will work even harder to try to stop you. It's not usually going to face opposition when you try to do something great for God, but you need to know that as you get closer to accomplishing the task, the mission that God has set out for you, the enemy will work even harder. And so today's message is entitled Fourth and Inches. Have you ever, if you guys like football, you know what it's like to be so close. Have you ever seen that? That ball line offense where there's just, there's just so, there's just, we're just so close. And then somehow it's like all, they, they somehow, they couldn't stop you the other 99 yards, but they can get you on the one yard line. And so today is confronting or helping us see the enemy's tactics when you're almost there. What do you do about that? So in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1, here's what it says. It says, when the word came to Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, the rest of the enemies that had rebuilt the wall, uh, it it says the rest of the enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap, I love this, it says not a gap was left in the wall. In other words, if you're a construction guy, there was some fine tuck pointing going on here. This was some good finish work here. And then he says, though up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. What does that mean? It means, in other words, it means I was almost finished, but not quite done yet. So things are going good, but he's right on the goal line. okay? and then in verse two, it says, right then it says in verse two, Sanballat, Geshem, they send a message. Hey, uh, Nehemiah, let's meet together in the village, in one of the villages, in the plain of. Oh no! Come on, somebody, you heard that last week. Oh no! Right. Whenever you get an, Im- this is a principle, okay? When you get an invitation to the place called Oh No, say Yo No. Like, don't go when you get an invitation to Oh No. So this is this. You know what's that TikTok video? It's like Oh No. There's, we're going to have to get that maybe mixed in here. But the, the oh no uh, is a real place. It's a real location. And so the enemy's tactics, one of three, let's talk about that right away. Here it is. Number one, if you're trying to rebuild your life, if you're trying to complete a project that God has for you, uh, personally, familial, uh, um, business, uh, dream, uh, ministry, here's the thing. If the enemy can't stop you, he will try to distract you. He'll try to distract you. So you could be fourth and inches, and he's going to try to, he's, gonna, he's trying to get you to squirrel. He's trying to get you to see something else. So Nehemiah sees that, you know, things are starting to get done here, and his enemies see it too. And so they try to take him out, to try to pull him out, not d- as directly as in some instances, but to try to distract him. And so Ono was a real kind of resort. You know, it's, it's, it's just outside of Afghanistan. No, um, it was about 20 miles outside of Jerusalem. It was technically, it was a beautiful, lush valley. And they were basically saying, hey, Nia, why don't you, Nima, why don't you take a break, slow it down. I know he got off to the wrong, right, on the wrong foot, but uh, come join us in this beautiful resort kind of thing. And, and so they try, to, they try to distract him from the work that he's been doing. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where you're, you're cruising along and, and then something knocks you off your game. Maybe you were trying to take off the COVID-19-19, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, put on, I, I just took off 19 pounds that I put on you know, before that. And 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 what can happen is you can try to knock off something, and then you go on a business trip, and you get knocked off your diet, right? And 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 all of a sudden you're at a place, and it's like one of those all you can eat places, or it's like oh my gosh, they have the your favorite dessert, or and you just and everybody's doing it, and you just it's like oh no, like I was doing so good, and then distracted, or maybe. Uh, you decided you were going to return to church. It's time to get out of the comfort of your home. Some of you can't be here. I get that. But some of you got to that place where it's like, all right, it's time. It's time to get back to church. And then, wouldn't <clears throat> you know it, all the soccer schedule is for the kids is exactly the same time as church. And you're like, no, oh, no. You're in the land of, oh, no. Or maybe, you know, you, you, you're trying to get a new job and you lost your job. And now you're on the verge of getting a new job, and everything's looking good. And then all of a sudden, they say something like, You don't have enough experience, or I don't know, like you, you're, you're, you're kind of past the threshold. Uh, you feel, maybe they didn't say it, but they say you're too old. And you're like, Oh no. See, what? When, when, when that voice comes into your life, what do you do when you're tempted to come down from the wall to the land of oh no? What do you do? Now, here's what it says in verse 3. It says that these guys, these three evil stooges, were scheming to harm me, Nehemiah said. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. This is so awesome what he says. He says, I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. If there was a ladder right here, I'd be standing on the ladder and I'd be looking down at them and saying, hey, I can, I am, I'm doing something up here and I can't come down, down there. I can't come down to the land of Ono because I am on the wall carrying on a great project. And so what we can see in this text is really one of perhaps the most powerful spiritual words in the spiritual realm is The word no. Ironically, oh no can take you out, but what can get you out is saying. No. It's saying no. Come on, I want you to say that. Just say, just say no. One of the most godly words to keep you from distraction is your capacity to shake your head, to tell the devil with a certain tone of voice, not today, Satan, no way, no can do, I can't go for that. Come on, some hollow notes is coming to my head right now. But if the enemy starts to tempt you, you have permission to talk Back to the enemy. And, uh, and, and basically what Nehemiah is saying is, I am laser focused. I am dialed in. I can't be distracted by what you're doing. No, I'm not coming down off this wall. And if you are a leader, and I believe you are if you're listening to this, if you want to accomplish something great for God, you're going to have to learn to say, no, this is true for me. I know it's true for you. I, I feel like God has given me more vision going forward than I did years ago as a young man it's like mind-blowing sometimes when I'm like God come on when do I get to kind of decelerate when do I get to kind of like slow it down or change the pace and he's like no not yet and 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 so I, I got this big vision and and I've decided to give my life to these projects in a sense that God has given me and I don't know what your projects are but I think you need to identify those things that pull you up on the ladder, that keep you up on the wall, that keep you working in the right direction. And, and what, what are you going to pour your life into? For me, first and foremost, my first and most important kind of uh, wall project is my marriage. My wife's number one. And sorry to tell you guys all that, okay? But she's number one. We If we're going to grow old together, it's not going to happen with... Uh, magic and unicorn dust, okay? It's not going to happen that way. It takes a lot of sweat and tears. Marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. And so there can be other loves, but not one more important. Obviously my relation with God's number one, so don't misinterpret this. But outside of that, she's number one. Number two is my kids and my grandkids. And so I want to be a present father. I want to be a present grandfather to my kids. And so that means I have to say no To other things, I have to say no to distractions from other. I'm not. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna. I'm not sharing a bed with somebody else other than my my wife, and I'm not sharing all of my life with everybody else's kids before I share my life with my own kids and my own grandkids. That's my second project on the wall. My third project on the wall is you, the church, the church of Jesus Christ, the local church, and the big C church. I love being a pastor. I hope you guys. Uh, feel that and can sense that. I, I, I've always loved being a pastor. I, I believe that's, that's just the way God uh, designed me. And I pray for you daily. I think about the church. All, I obsess about the church in some respects. Um, but because of that, I have to sometimes say no to other things, other opportunities, other um, good things sometimes, but they're not always God things. Are you there? And so you, sometimes you got to be like Nehemiah. you got to say it strong. no. No, I can't come down. I can't go to Oh no. I can't go to Oh no because I am carrying on a great work. I have a project that I'm a part of right now. And so but here's the thing. Sometimes the world and sometimes the people in the world they don't take no for an answer. So these guys in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 4 it says four times they said to Nehemiah the same message and each time, I gave them the same answer. He said, "No, no, no, no. You can't just say no once." Is the lesson from this verse? You need to understand and know that "no" and "no" is a sentence, and sometimes you have to say that sentence several times before it kind of gets through. Or breaks through. And so don't say maybe if you mean no. You're going to have to sometimes draw a line in the sand. You're going to have to learn to set some limits in your life. And if you do, it sets you free to, to, to be able to fulfill God's purpose because you said no, there's freedom that comes, and then there's fulfillment in purpose as a result of that. Now, sidebar, I wrote this in my notes. I find it interesting when people agree with me, especially Christians... Particularly Christians, of course, um, when they will agree with me on this point, yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say no, and here's how they interpret the no, or more so apply the no. They decide to say no in the areas of God things, not in the areas of good things. Well, let that just sit for a second. It's interesting because ministry happens in the margins, but we don't want to surrender our margins to God. We would rather uh, cut him out so we can continue to do the things that we want to. And so I would just, I would just uh, challenge you when and if you are learning to say no, are you giving room for God and are you cutting out things that you've given room to that shouldn't be a part of your life that actually is not bringing you freedom and fulfillment? It's actually a deception and a mask of what really God wants to do. But when you say, when you say yes to things, Be careful, because just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do something. Or as I like to say sometimes to our students in CLA, just because it's doable doesn't mean it's sustainable. So you have to look at this thing and say, is this a commitment I am willing to make? Is this something that I'm willing to, um, you know, uh, make? You know, sometimes we uh, over promise and under deliver. Am I willing to deliver on this commitment? And a lot of times we don't count that cost. But your enemy, when Uh, you're getting ready to do something great for God. Back to the point is, he always uses distraction as one of his primary tactics. And so some of you, if it was in a modern sense, could be doing a work for God or doing something great for God. And it would almost be like somebody's like, if I had my phone, it'd be like, somebody's like, my phone's levitating with notifications, with you know, and 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 DMs, and 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 voicemails, and 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 it's like right when you're trying to get ready to do something, there'll be a phone call, a text message, uh, a tweet, or something that will distract you. And so, in a kind of modern sense, what you have got to say. To the land of Ono, which is filled with distractions. Hello, my name is, and you fill in the blank, but, you know, my name is Derek, and I'm sorry, I can't take your call right now, but I'm carrying on a great project. I can't leave. I can't come down with you uh, to this, and I can't go with you to that, and I can't go out on on Sunday morning because I'm committed to my local church on Sunday mornings, and I can't uh, do this on Wednesday nights because that's when my small group is, and are you guys tracking with me out there? And so, and so, and by the way, if this is Sanballat, Tobiah, or Geshem, you know, if if, if, if that's you, uh, you can suck it, okay, because I don't want to talk to you. And everybody else, you can just leave a message, okay? And so you've got to have kind of a life message response like that to all of the distractions. And when you have purpose, I promise you it's going to be easier to say no, but it's not a piece of cake. You're still going to have to get better at that. And anyone who struggles out there uh, knows this to be true. But some of you are struggling with what I'm doing as if it doesn't matter. I don't know if any of you have kids out there. Uh, I'm sure some of you do. uh, But during the pandemic, I think a lot of people feel like they're not doing a great work or carrying on a great project in their life. Is there anybody out there in the chat that would say yes to that? Like all I see PD is diapers and spit up. And I just want you to know, and I felt like speaking to some of the moms out there and some of the families out there, I want you to know something. You are carrying on a great work. Listen, don't get sidetracked by that. You are fulfilling a high calling when you are raising champions for Christ. In fact, I wrote this in my notes. Your greatest achievement may not be something you do, but someone you raise, but someone you raise. So just remember those projects. For me, of course, it's my relationship with God, my marriage, my family, my grandkids, and my church. Is there room in your wall work for the things of God? Where is that fitting in? If it's not, I challenge you that you're saying no to to too many God things, and you should be saying no to some good things. Now, um, as we go forward, look at Nehemiah. He's so laser-focused. And number two, the enemy tries to distract him another way. So if the enemy, number two, cannot distract you, he'll try to discredit you. He'll try to discredit you. How does he do that? He wants to do it by spreading rumors and gossip. Rumors and gossip. Look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. So we're in Nehemiah 6 today. The fifth time, no, we already had four times Nehemiah had to say no. The fifth time Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, that's a whole other conversation. It's, it's basically a way that everybody can see what's been said. It's, 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 it's like a tweet. It's a tweet out. Okay. And it says, there's a rumor, a rumor among the surrounding nations. And Geshem, who's like this prophet on payroll, t- he tells me it's true. Well, it mu- if he said it's true, it must be true. Like, that's what people do, right? It's like Google over God. Like, I saw it on the Google Does that mean it's true? Uh, Geshem, this guy, this, this guy said, well, does that mean it's true? So there's a rumor, and it's out there among the nations, and this dude, supposedly credible, says it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you're here. That's what you're really up to. That's your intent and your motive, and that's why you're building this wall. According to his reports, Geshem put out something apparently to substantiate this rumor. You plan to be their king, and later on he basically says, "And by the way, I'm going to notify the king about this." And so, Nehemiah, guys, is one of the most selfless, God-fearing servant leaders out there. And these critics and these slanderers, and as Devin said, these trolls, totally question his motives and his intent. It's gotta. That's got a sting. I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time with that. But understand this. The more you do for God, the more gossip uh, that is going to be about you. It's just the truth. I've seen that with my pastor. He pastors one of the largest churches in the world. And man, this last couple of years in social media, he was just getting hit, hit, hit left and right. And the dude gets it done. He's getting some stuff done. It's, and it's just crazy what people will believe out there. And the stuff they put out there, and he was telling me the other day, it's like, whatever they say, it's just, it's just basically not true. You know, a lot of stuff's just not true. Now, some stuff that's put out there has a vestige of truth to it, and we can't, we've we got to learn how to overcome our critics, but we can't be arrogant because we can always learn something from our critics. But do you, you got to know something, and don't write this down, but do you know what they say about rumors? They, they, they basically, t- that they're all started by haters, okay, they're spread by fools and they're believed by idiots. (laughs) So we've got to be careful about the gossip. Nehemiah heard these rumors and and they're trying to tell him he's doing everything for power and for money, but look at how he responds. This is what he says in verse 8. Nothing like what you guys are saying, that you're just... Is happening. You guys are just making up. I'm just going to put this in a a bunch of crap. You're making stuff up out of your head. I love what he said. He's big translation. Fake news. Fake news. You guys are just stinking making stuff up. This was his response in verse eight. So here's the thing. When you're facing these kind of people, you got to know this. You'll never do big things if you're distracted by small minded people. You'll never do something big for God if you're distracted by small-minded people. People are going to complain. People are going to snap, snark. They're going to lie, cheat, and steal. You've got to ignore them. Again, learn from critics, but again, don't But don't, don't camp on what they say. Uh, don't, whatever you do, learn from Nehemiah, come down uh, from the wall. So, but Nehemiah hears this report, and it's out there. It's gone viral, and he prays. Right, We've seen that through this whole series. Now, these aren't, these aren't like fervent prayers. These are flair prayers. And in verse 9, look what he does. It says, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it won't be completed. That was their, that was their plan. Thwart the plan of God by getting them just freaked out and fearful. He says, but I prayed. Come on, somebody, say that out loud. I prayed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. Wow, what a simple, forward, powerful prayer. Lord, strengthen my hands. I think that is one to capture and to put in your arsenal of faith as you go through life. No matter how strong your enemy is, your father's hands are stronger than whatever is going on around you. I believe God will pour out his strength to those that are humble in heart, pure in heart. And I think some of us needed to know that prayer uh, today. Now, I don't know what you're facing. There's some things I'm facing in my life that um, can freak me out a little bit at different times. And there are some people at different times in my life that would try to discredit, try to discredit me. and, And my tendency is to try to fight back in the natural. And I think that might be your tendency as well. Don't let the lies of the enemy stop you. Derek, don't let them stop me from the purpose that God has for me and the purpose that God has for you. Never let someone's opinion of you disrupt God's purpose for you. That's good, okay? So I'm not I think I think Nehemiah is on the wall saying, "I'm not trying to be impressive. I'm trying to do what is important. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm just trying to live on purpose." So how did he do what he did in 52 days? He didn't let the devil knock him off the wall. He didn't come down when people were lying about him and, and gossiping about him and telling rumors. He didn't get distracted. He didn't allow the discrediting to take place. An enemy tactic, number three, last point, write this down. If the devil can't discredit you, he will try to just destroy you. He'll try to destroy you. You know, the, the Bible says that the enemy is he's, he's a thief and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy I hate that verse, uh, but it's true. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10, you can see a final plot, a final twist here with these three evil stooges. It says, one day I went to the house of Shemaiah. Shemaiah is Moriah Carey's brother. This is Shemaiah Carey. Okay, just kidding. Okay, so Shemaiah says, hey, Nehemiah, let's go to church. Let's get in the temple. Let's close the doors because men are going to try to kill you. And by night, they're coming to kill you. In other words, Shemaiah comes, Shemaiah Carey comes and says, come down here. You need to get out. You need to get off that wall because there's a hitman who's trying to whack you. He's trying to knock you off. Uh, he's, and so what you need to do, uh, listen now, listen to this. Listen to the plot of this. What you need to do is you need to go hide. You need to go hide in the church. You need to get. You need to do it all alone. You need to get behind closed doors where nobody can see what's going on. You need to do it in the dead of night. Does any of that seem kind of fishy? That this is the instruction that's coming. It's like, have you ever walked into a cobweb? You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Or you you walked into kind of like we used to call them. They used to be called like booby trap. Like you didn't see it and all of a sudden you, you know, you, you sat on something or you grabbed something. You, you weren't paying attention. You weren't discerning the situation, right? And what Nehemiah did so well, and if you're going to rebuild your life, you're going to have to know how to differentiate the different voices so that you don't fall prey to the cobwebs of life, the booby traps of life, those places, those entrapments of the enemy. And Devin spent some time on how to, I did a whole series called Learn to Discern, uh, on discernment in the first part of 2020, if you're interested. And Devin did some good stuff last week on discerning. But let me, let me really, no, let me break it down. Let me summarize it, okay? you got to ask, when you're hearing these voices, is this voice meant to harm me or to help me? Is it meant to harm me or to help me? And so, if for example, if you're in recovery, You have come out of you. You've been sober one year. Praise God. If that's you three months, wherever you're at, praise God. Okay. And so you celebrate, you want to celebrate that, but you've got some old buddies that call you up right then to celebrate. We say, Hey, bars are open. No masks. We could just, let's just go have a beer, man. And you're thinking one beer, no big deal. It's not a big deal. Listen, I want you to know something. I promise you That is not the voice of God. It seems so obvious, right, hearing it right now, but in the moment, a lot of times, we can't see that so clearly. See, it's the voice of the enemy trying to knock you off the wall to compromise your what? Your integrity. All right? Now, if you're... Just return to God. Reason This is very common. Ladies, listen to me. You're trying to rebuild your life. Rebuild your relationship with him before your relationships with anybody else. And a past boyfriend, in the middle of your fire for God and your passion for God, randomly reaches out to you. He tells you he's missing you. You look so pretty. And he's saying all the right things. And he wants to start over. And you're like, it's no big deal. This must be good. It seems different. I promise you, it isn't. It isn't God. It's the voice of the enemy trying to get you off the wall and destroy your relationship with God. That can come, but it's not going to come like that. That can he can come, the right person can come, but it's not going to come that way. Maybe you're rebuilding your marriage out of what has just happened. And you're in counseling and 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 you know, you're bringing. We're talking about our issues, and somehow it always feels like it's my issue uh, when you're in counseling. And 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 then in the middle of that painful process of growth and change, you get a DM, you know, in Facebook, and it's and it's 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 a girl that you kind of liked back in the day, and and she drops kind of a phrase, you know, long time no talk, you know, I, man, life looks good, you look good, you know, I, I, I always wondered if. If we, had, if we had ever got together before we both got married, how our lives would be. I can guarantee you that is not the voice from God. You know what it is? It's a, it's a grenade to destroy your marriage. And this is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to discern the different voices. And Nehemiah discerned that the voice. Of Shemaiah, that the devil was speaking, that Satan himself was speaking through the voice of Shemaiah. It's kind of like when Jesus said, remember when Peter came to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, you don't have to go to Jerusalem, you don't have to die. And Jesus says, get behind me, not Peter, get behind me, Satan. See, it's interesting is that your enemy, your enemy can actually speak to you and through, through the people near you that are close to you. It's terrible that that's the case. But Nehemiahs have to discern that. Look what it says in Nehemiah 6.11. Should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. No. No, I won't go. I realize that God has sent him, but that he has prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. I know about this dude. He's on payroll. He'd been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name and discredit me. See, that's what the enemy is up to, everybody. He's trying to get you off the wall. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to discredit you. And if you can't do that, he will try to destroy you and shame the name of Jesus Christ. See, the devil's having a field day in the church of Jesus Christ today. It, it makes me so sad. We see divided churches, decimated churches. We see destroyed leaders, legacy leaders who have accomplished great things, been knocked off the wall left and right. Bill Hybels, uh, Carl Lentz, uh, you know, uh, Ravi Zacharias. Even today I heard Josh McDowell had to resign. I don't know if it's fair or not. I'm just saying this is all out there. Brian Houston's get under the fire. Some of the rock star leaders who accomplish incredible things. It's absolutely an epidemic and it's become, sadly, my biggest fear, normal. And what happens is, Christians, what what happens? <laughs> Christians accomplish some great things and then the enemy gets in there. They come down off the wall into the land of, oh no. Oh no, I, I think I'm all that in a bag of chips. <coughs> and then they abuse their power. Oh no. Uh, my needs aren't getting met. And so then they get into sexual temptation. Oh no, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I find myself, you know, taking advantage of, of certain privileges that I have uh, for personal pleasure. And, and instead, uh, what happens is those people fall and shortly after we forget about them, but Jesus gets another black eye. The Church of Jesus Christ gets another black eye and ministries... That were built over decades are decimated in days and why am i this this is what i love about nehemiah though and this is what i hope to just get the heck in your spirit uh nehemiah is my role model because he's got a spine of steel and he's a man on purpose okay and he says no No, that's not going to be me. I'm not coming down from the wall into the land of, oh, no. I don't want to say, oh, no, this is what happened to me. Oh, no, I've fallen. Oh, no, I've failed. Oh, no, I've forgotten. No, I'm not quitting. I came here on a mission, and I'm going to finish it no matter what. I'm not giving up. I'll never quit. Can you say that? Would you say that as a Christ follower, that that's going to be me, that I'm going to be a Nehemiah? I pray in Jesus' name you would. Would you make kind of a decision in your heart? I used to say that, you know, it's a decision of the will that stays up the hill, right? Because it's going to be tough sometimes to never quit, to never give up. As the Bible says in Hebrews, to never shrink back, to not get off the wall. And if you do, listen to me, God will be with you. The Bible says in Psalm fifteen four, if we keep our word, our oath to our own hurt, sometimes it's hard, and change not, we don't, we don't bend on what we decided to do. The Bible says those that do these things will never be shaken. Come on, somebody. So make that decision today. The same spirit, the same power, this, and the power and the same spirit that's on Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead, lives that lives in, in him, lives in you. And if it couldn't keep Jesus down in the grave, it can't keep you down either. So Nehemiah six fifteen, I gotta move on. It says, so on, this is the new living translation October 2nd this is the, the month of Eluhu, uh, Il- I think is what it is the wall was finished just fifty two days fifty two days later some would, some some theologians said it could have taken literally decades and 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 think about it they got stuff done in fifty you can't in today's world you can't get a roofer to call you back in fifty two days unless you work for some of my friends but anyway and and They basically, 52 days after they had begun, look at the impact. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. You know why? Because Nehemiah did it all by himself and he was the man? Mm -mm. No, that's not what it says. It says, because they realized this work had been done with, together with the help of our God. See, All the credit, all the glory, and all the power belongs to God. I don't know what you're believing for, but let me remind you, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And and you just have to ask Him to strengthen your hands because the hands of your Father are stronger than your own hands. What is God calling you to finish today? Don't get fourth and inches and quit. I'm encouraging you to see through uh, the distractions To overcome the discredit and not let the destroying um, attacks and tactics of the enemy get in there and keep you from finishing strong. Listen, as I pray for you, would you bow your head and would you close your eyes wherever you are, local or far away. I just want to pray for you. Here's Here's what I wanted you to hear. God has not called you to live a polite life. God has called you when you got saved to live a power-filled life. He's called you to live also on purpose. And so you're called to do something great. God has called you to a great project. I'm calling you to carry it out. Get off your blessed assurance. Get off your comfortable cushions. Get busy and get doing something great for God. Now, if you're far from Him today, and for some reason you're listening to this message and you're within the sound of my voice, I believe that Jesus Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. So would you just, would you just take a moment and invite, I'm giving you an open invitation right now to invite Him into your life. All you have to do, the access code is Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus gives us access to God in heaven relationship with God in heaven. And he gives, us, he gives us also authority here on earth. We'll learn about that in the future. But if you want that relationship with God, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just say this? Say, Jesus, today is the day of salvation for me. I receive, by grace through faith, salvation. I thank you that it's not because of what I could do, but because of what you already did. And now with that assurance, would you also give me assignment? Would you show me the project? Would you show me the purpose for my life here on earth? Reveal it to me by your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, that prayer of salvation is sealed until the day of redemption. The names are written now in the Lamb's Book of Life. Every one of you that said that, who called upon the name of the Lord is saved. And I pray also that you witness to them that God has a purpose and a plan for their life according to your word. In many scriptures throughout the Bible, Lord, show them that they are called to rebuild from the ruins, that they don't have to fear brokenness, they can build from it. Listen, it's been an honor to preach to you this morning. If you just made that decision, would you just text CC saved to 97,000. Let us know that that was the decision you just made. Tell somebody in the chat, you just raised your hand, that was me, I just committed my life to Jesus Christ. That is the most important decision you can make. That is your first assignment, is to make that connection with God. And everything else will begin to make sense and come to bring fulfillment in your life because of that. Let somebody know and we're gonna send a book to you on your spiritual journey to help you. And I hope that you'll join us again online or if possible, in person at one of our locations nearby. God bless you. It's been an honor to be with you this morning.